airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B's over in Studio CC. And I just got to say, I'm offended by our news break there. Offended so uh, by the covering of that story. Uh, listen, listen. Okay, people. Um, if I use the right sports metaphor, mm-hmm. are you not blown away? Yeah, I'm blown away. Like, wow. Surprised I mean, at your knowledge of. <laughs> listen, you know. You're not I, offended I, by that, though. Right? <laughs> Right, come on, man, man. Listen, I'm trying to remember if that burp cloth is clean. (laughs) Did I did I use that? Is that can we? Somebody smell it. Can it is it? Can it pass? I don't know. That's I don't have time. You know, we we people have too much time, and there are too many luxuries in this country that we get to be offended over whatever we choose. Like you, you know, you can just be like, I, I, I really kind of feel like people are just reaching into the box for bonbons. And, and choosing which offense they're going to pick up that day. <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, let me have the peanut butter filled one. You know, let me have the cherry. <laughs> and, and, and that's just how we are existing in this country. It is, it is quite sad and, and, and quite remarkable that, you know, we could have built such a strong nation and then almost overnight it kind of turns into jello. Like almost overnight right. everybody's like, oh, you know, I, I just – I don't know. I it's mean, crazy. And, and you know, obviously, let me just you know, mm-hmm. um, I identify as a woman. <laughs> oh my sorry. goodness! I'm sorry, man. Twilight Zone. I, Anybody listen. remember that show? Yeah, it just seemed like where, where are we? That's the Twilight Zone. You yeah. picked it. Oh, that's goodness. that's where we are. Uh, no, I, that's funny. We were talking about that, listening to the news story. You know, <laughs> no knock to Chris. Chris is working hard, but that's that's funny. Okay, that someone had to apologize for complimenting people. Right. Okay. Like saying, whoa, you know, I'm blown away by the, by the knowledge that these so, women had. So people actually um, got mad and was like, oh, he's so, what, a chauvinist or a sexist? What they call them? I like, think prom- that, that both of them, both, <laughs> you know, we, we want both, like, Will. Really? Whichever, you know, helps us to, you know, benefit. Now, uh, we want both. Did you hear about, I think it was the University of Vanderbilt. They had a, uh, a kicker who is a fem- female kicker, the first in the Power Five conference. And okay. She, so she made history. Okay. And uh, I saw some people on Facebook, well, at least one person, they were like, it was a 30-foot kick. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, but well, it was, but it was okay. history. You know, it was so history. So can I say something? I, you know, I don't know much about sports. You know that. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, did she do well? 30-yard like, kick. I mean, you know. I don't know what that means. Well, I mean, look. Give me give me average. Like, what's, like what, is, the big, what is an okay, average Okay, the biggest kick? deal is that she was a female and that she was playing football. Okay. The kick was not impressive. 
But then don't tell me about it. But this is history. I don't. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> it was you. A Thirty yards, I believe. You, just because you. I, look, come on, no, man. No, but you got to talk that's, about because it's, want it's a woman playing. No, that's football. just like oh, that's just like we should vote for Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. Like that's ridiculous. Like why? Uh, I don't want. I don't. Come on, man. So you that's, offended that's folks right now? Yeah, she should be good. <laughs> she should be good. You know, it, it reminds me of the Secret Life of Pets. I hate to say this because it's a it's offensive to our kind. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then he says, bad oh dog. But but no, it just I hate to say it, you know, because I'm probably working against the, you know, the the resist and you know, and all <laughs> of that. But like, why do we talk if you're gonna do it, you need to do it well. And and I maybe don't she was nervous. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know, it was the nah, first time I had all, I, the, uh, all these cameras on her and like, oh, she's gonna do it. It's first first time ever in history. And you know, yeah. 30 yards, I mean. Anyway. I don't know. Look, listen, <laughs> it's where we are. It's where we are. The thing I feel about that is the way, and Will, you can vouch for me. I hope that you will vouch for me. Mm-mm. The way I feel about that <laughs> is the way I feel toward our children. Mm. I don't just shell out accolades just right. because, you know, like right. I, I'm not, right. man, you know, and I, look, okay. No trophies I, for participation? Man. Huh? I, I see myself, you know, <laughs> forgetting that at the venue. Oh, what the participation trophy? Oh, yeah, we forgot it. <laughs> I think it's somewhere on the podium somewhere. I don't know. Oh, it's Man. okay. Let's go get ice cream. You yes. know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, why, why do we do that? Like, let, there, look, if you compete, you compete to win. Even the scripture teaches us this, right? Like, you are, you're running so as to win. And then the parallel here is, for the gospel, for the cause of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So you, in, in um, a natural understanding, we compete to win. So now in the, in the faith, we are running our race to win. Like that's, I mean, that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like it's not, I mean, that's just obvious, yeah. right? You want to win laurels. You you want, you know? And so anyways, let me, um, whatever. That's not I, what we're talking that, about today though. No, not at all. Why did you derail us? <laughs> no, it was the news that derailed us. Hey, <laughs> don't blame me. Chris. I'm sorry. That's Chris. He's, he's, he's doing his job. Um, <laughs> anyways, let me remind our listeners that we still have an opportunity to send kids on the greatest journey, just $6 um, per kid. We'll help a kid uh, to be discipled in the things of God. And and let me just say, that's, uh, of course, that is what we talk about often here. Mm-hmm. So that will be woven into our larger discussion. But um, so many of our listeners are already responding. It is an incredible thing to be a part of a mission Um, where you may not be able to go to a country and maybe you have the same passion, you know, maybe you have the same conviction that you often hear discussed here. Maybe you're amening and you're like, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing that. I see it. I think it's important to train and disciple our kids. And you believe that that is important for kids in other countries all around the world. Then this is a great opportunity for you to ensure that kids are being discipled, not Mm -hmm. just babysat, right? Mm-hmm. but actually discipled and trained in the gospel, like what it is and then how to communicate it accurately. That is so vital, so important. And so anyway, for $6, for $6, you can send a kid on the greatest journey. Um, they will get a student booklet. They will get a New Testament Bible, which, by the way, to use one of our kids' words, um, the, the curriculum is slick. Um, we, have, <laughs> we actually have a sample of the booklet and the New Testament Bible, and it is slick. Like, it's very, very well done. It's not a throwaway type of curriculum um, that you're investing in. And so you know that there's got to be a lot of frugality. And let me say, you know, and I mean that as a compliment, being very careful about how the resources are spent uh, for it to only be $6 per kid yeah. and to still have those kinds of Man, slick, nice resources that those kids are really going to be engaged with. So. 
Anyway, want to encourage our listeners to pray about that. Get your kids involved. Uh, and there are two ways for you to donate. Um, you can go to AFR.net and do it online. AFR.net. Or you can call 877-616-2396. 877-616-2396. I was just thinking, I want to say, just in case people are thinking that Miki doesn't have any emotion, that <laughs> is not true. No, it's not true at all. Okay. I have emotion. I can vouch for I it. have thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have compassion for people. Yes. I love people. I like people. Yeah. You know, I just think, you know, I I think we're just too tender in this country. <laughs> yeah. And it and it, it plays soft. out in all aspects of life. Like you see it yeah. like, you know, we talk about the participation trophy, but that type of uh mentality kind of plays through even in politics and all kind of other stuff. It's like, right. you know, on on our university campuses, it's like, oh no, I'm triggered. You can't say this. No. Come on. You know, your oh. your words are, are violence. And I mean words it's like are violence. It's like, man, where have we this man, this country has gone <laughs> it wasn't like you know you know what I'm saying. It wasn't like that. This was a, a place where you could debate and it's you had you, you know hold your own and like I have yeah. a di- I disagree Not and it's okay. But Not now anymore. it's like no. oh no, we're in the land of cotton candy and <laughs> and and it's it's worse than cotton, you know because when you touch cotton candy it melts like just I mean <laughs> you know right I mean you just put your fingers on it and it's Man. like <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> and, How and that's, again? <laughs> that's, that's where we are that's the sound of your kid walking behind oh you at the state goodness. fair oh. <laughs> touching that cotton candy you have to clean their fingers before they get in your car um but that's our country that's where we are we we've turned into a, a type of cotton the shade you know but just mm-hmm. soft to the touch and and everybody is so easily offended um you know but those of us who are in the body of christ man you know we have the peace that the bible speaks of we have great yeah. peace that we don't let things easily offend us you know um, that we can bear with people. Yeah. Uh, certainly as Christians, the Bible instructs us that we bear with one another, but we can we can bear with people, even those who are outside of the church. We can say, man, you know, I was once like that. I was mm-hmm. I was in the dark. You know, right. I, I didn't know. There were things that, that I had not come into the knowledge of. And so we can bear with people and, and be patient with them. Um, you know, but man, and, and I would say this too, if you're gonna, if, if things are going to, offend us if there are things that we're going to be sort of besides ourselves over or incensed about you know let it be like the eternal things like the gospel you know Mm. what I mean like let it be like somebody is painting an inaccurate picture of who God is (laughs) right like let let that be sort of like your oh hold up you know what I mean like you know but but not not just you know you know what I mean yeah they said they didn't like your shirt you know, <laughs> right that kind of stuff like yeah. you got you got other stuff to do i'm sure you do i'm telling you you do <laughs> you got other stuff to do all right today's topic uh-oh um drum roll yeah so you, you ready okay one, today's topic i'm just full of sound effects <laughs> that's what you know <laughs> that again? that's what i do <laughs> just I, I got all day what, what do i have to do um anyways american greatness or let me america's greatness mm-hmm. um industry creation that's that's a part of what is great about this country, right? It's not that we just put people to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we create yeah. jobs that need to be filled by yeah. people so that they, they can work. I mean, yeah. we create industries, right? That's we right. take um, something that didn't exist, we create things, and then we spread those things. We create a demand for those things, mm-hmm. and then those things need workers, 
right? Um, so that those things can continue mm -hmm. and then they continue and then they need more workers and then the industry grows, right? And so that's a part of America's greatness that yes. we um, not just, you know, we don't just put people to work with things that already exist. We create uh, a reason or a need for people to be able to work and yeah. then we put them to work. And the cool I mean, thing also about that is, is uh, anybody can do that. Like, it's not like a selected <laughs> class of people that can create things. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm just thinking about right, where we're going. Right, I'm right. just thinking about <laughs> But that's, that's great, right. too. It's not, yeah. it's not a caste system where oh, only you guys mm. can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about where we're going. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, they, th these, these people are on the top, and they are ministering to the untouchable. So it kind of is a caste system. Huh. Like, <laughs> what we're going to talk about, just as long as... You, you know, you're here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Put your phone in the way. This is long, this, we're going to talk about it. So, so listen. So, um, I was thinking about this. I was reading an article, and uh, and I was thinking about how and there are just some things that you imagine if you could kind of um, put yourself in the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could you could be on the other side. And I was just trying to imagine um, if I were to create uh, industry in this country um, based on where we're going, like looking at the cultural climate, looking at what's happening in society, you know, what kind of industry might flourish. So this would make me an innovator, mm -hmm. right? I would create an industry that um, what I, what I designed was always in demand. Mm. Okay. If I were going to create yeah, an industry, that's, right. Yeah. What I'm designing, um, what I'm <laughs> almost said peddling, what I'm, what I'm, <laughs> servicing or serving um is going to always be in demand okay yeah. um i would also make sure that my industry um whatever it is the more you have of it the more you need it mm. so mm. you're never going to not need it right and you can never get enough of it right the more you the more you get it the more you need it right like that's that's I, if people don't understand what i'm <laughs> saying here it's cuz it's onceler language <laughs> yes they might not understand that, though. A portion Once of the proceeds goes that? to me. Um, it's from the Lorax, yeah. the modern version of the Lorax. Danny DeVito, mm -hmm. that's a woman. Like, <laughs> but that was before. Anyways, um, you can check it out. It's clean for the family. It has a message. You got to be oh, careful, yeah. though. It might step on some toes. Yes. It's like it's some of it you agree with and some of it you don't agree with, right? Yeah, right. And that's with life. You may be offended, but it's okay. We can handle it. Um, anyways, if I were going to innovate and, and create an industry... I would ensure that whatever it is that I'm pushing um, was in constant need of upgrades. You constantly had to get the latest version of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called longevity. Oh. You got to figure out how to last, you know? That's it. That's yeah. it. And and also, I would make sure that there were limited service providers. Only a certain amount of people mm. would have access to what I'm doing. So you'd have to go directly to them. Mm. Let's talk about this a little bit more when we get back. Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio. Stay close. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason to keep on believing. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving in, his love is the reason to keep on believing. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you spending some time with us as we look at the issues that are happening in the culture and the church. 
Uh, mm-hmm. We look at what's happening with the family, what's happening with marriage, with the children, uh, in the public education system, even the home homeschooling system. Mm-hmm. We talk about all of it, <laughs> and um, we are doing that through um, an unapologetically biblical worldview. And what that means, just in case people are wondering, it doesn't mean that we just believe that the Bible is true. We believe that it's completely applicable to our lives, yes. right? That there's nothing that we're going to encounter. There's no way that we're going to live if we, in fact, are, you know, living for the glory of God that is not going to be informed by the scriptures, right? The way we live in life and in culture must be informed by the scriptures. That, in fact, is what it is to have a biblical worldview. It's not just to say the Bible is true or the Bible is good. It is to see the world through a biblical lens and then live according to that biblical conviction. Mm -hmm. So it's not just what we say, but it is also how we live. And I think that's the missing component when people say um, they have a biblical worldview. They think they just having or they think that just having a conviction that the word is true is is to have a biblical worldview. worldview. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit more than that. Um, And too often we don't see the second half. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. Did I already say I'm Miki? No, but you are Miki. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And I'm looking at something <laughs> in the turban. Uh, mm-hmm. Just speaking back to um, the, the, the kicker. It was a girl. Her name, her name is Sarah Fuller. The SEC, okay. which is the conference that uh, she plays in, named Sarah Fuller Special Teams Player of the Week after making 130-yard kickoff. Wow. That's, that's a participation of... Really- uh, Trophy. Okay. See, I really wish I had a point of reference. I don't know sports. Thirty so yards I, is I, not great. No one will ever kick, be blown away. Like, okay. That's not, okay. <laughs> okay. But she yeah, has the know. player of the week, the special teams player of the week, because of no, that. Does this make you mean, Will? That you're talking about? Uh, maybe I mean, so. I maybe like because, I'm mean. Like, but I think I it'd be think... different if I were talking about it because <laughs> I'm one of them. But I feel well, like you can't talk about this. I feel like that's kind of the problem with our country today. I mean, Men. you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just playing. I thought me too had faded out. I don't know. It's still well, I mean, it's it's always in someone's <laughs> back pocket just when Man. when they're upset. Okay. Um, all right. So we were talking about industry like this is a part of American greatness. And, and the thing that really is kind of fascinating to me that while you have a number of people who want to dismantle this country, right, want mm-hmm. to destroy the greatness of this country, they are still actually benefiting <laughs> yeah, from the greatness of this country. Right. Like they ways. are financially oh, yeah. benefiting. Oh, um, they're enjoying an incredible amount of privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking engagements and, you know. Come on, man. Interviews. Sitting in the lap and, of luxury. Yeah. Um, and I, I I, thought I knew where I wanted to start with this, but now <laughs> since we're on this topic, I'm not going to start where I wanted to start. I, I, I'm going to start in a different place because we're talking about um, the kind of industry that we allow for in this country. So uh, wokeness is an industry now, mm. right? Um, oh, yeah. Diversity training, inclusion training, racial sensitivity, racial sensitivity, equity, equity. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, this is an industry. And where I wanted to start was that it has um, invaded our school system. So high schools all across this country are changing or adjusting their curricula to reflect this growing industry. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's interesting and, and, and I'll toggle back to that, but I'm, I'm going to start in a different place. Um, but let me just say this first. It's interesting to me that our high schools are adopting or adjusting um, their curricula all across this country to reflect the growing need for diversity, inclusion, equity, 
um, sensitivity training. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the more they do this, the more they need to do it. Right. (laughs) So so the more they change the curriculum Mm -hmm. in one school, um, the more there is the outcry that says, oh, we demand more. What about us? Wait, you haven't you haven't adequately reflected our grievance. Mm -hmm. Like so. So we need more. And so then the cry is to change the curriculum again and then to bring in more speakers and then to have a committee and and then to staff the school with Mm -hmm. people who have gone through a certain amount of training. It is a cash cow. And boom, industry. Boom. <laughs> a whole new <laughs> flat out. It's just it's it's your boy cha ching bada bing from back in the day, <laughs> oh, right? Man. And back. so but here's what's funny. So I wanted to um I our brother Abraham sent this article to us uh months ago mm-hmm. and it was one of those articles that I just kinda like, you know, you tuck it in your back pocket, you're like, Yeah, I see you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you're all about. But Robin D'Angelo is um is famous for white fragility. Yeah. That actually has a double meaning. She's famous <laughs> for the book. <laughs> I see what you did there. You see what I did yeah, there? Yeah. Oh, yay. Um, 30 yards. She's famous <laughs> for the book, White Fragility, right. but she's also famous for being public about her white fragility, right? Like she's she's famous for being the face of we are, as white people, in her words, um, irreparably racist. There is nothing that can help us. We must ever put in work, but still that work will not remedy our condition. Mm-hmm. But the work includes buying my book. Right. And, <laughs> and me probably writing more books because it never ends. No, it doesn't. It and doesn't. It speaking does not engagements. End. I, I Man, need look, to come talk like to your, you guys. Tanaisi <laughs> Coates. This is your kindies and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whoever else yeah. um, is, is privileged enough in this country to find an audience that wants to whip themselves because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's, it's people who have agreed to come and sit in an audience and hear how horrible they are. Yeah. They have agreed to come and walk on glass. They have agreed to come and, and <laughs> lie back on nails. And so they, they are looking for something so that they can, you know, feel like, you know, they have, you know, paid the price for right. their privilege. So these people are in high demand. They're making money hand over fist in this country because people would rather hear that you are guilty without remedy Mm -hmm. than hear you are guilty. But here is the remedy. Mm. People would rather hear you're guilty. There's no remedy. There's no hope for you. You will always be this way. It's a religion. okay? and they would they love to hear this. It's got its own tenets. It's got its own leaders. Right. It's got its own faith talkers. okay? (laughs) and they would rather hear that you are guilty. You are irreparably broken Mm. and there is nothing that can fix you. They would rather hear that than hear you're broken. You are guilty. This is what you deserve. But there is one who took the penalty that you deserve so you don't have to suffer it. They, when you say something like that, they're like, come on, man, come (laughs) on, man, get out of here, get out of here. No, tell me about how I'm bad. Like that's, that's what we have a country of people who want to hear that. Right. But then at the same time, now, now get this, people will pay these speakers like uh, Robin DiAngelo, mm-hmm. um, a, a K- Kendi, what is his name? Ibram, Ibram, Kendi. I- Ibram X Kendi, mm-hmm. uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, you name them, whoever else. Mm-hmm. These people, those three in particular, um, demand, request, okay, it's a speaking fee, but demand <laughs> upwards of $35,000 beat people up for 35 40 minutes right it's a demand all right they're not coming if you're not paying 
No, that's <laughs> correct. That is correct. And think about this. And people will pay it mm-hmm. to have them come and beat up the students at their university, beat up their employees within the corporation, mm-hmm. beat up the employees that they have at their organizations, their nonprofits. People will pay this money for people, these three that I just named, to come out and tell them that you are wicked. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're evil. And there's no hope for you. And if you deny that you're evil, it's because you're so fragile that you can't hear the truth about yourself. Right. right? And at the same time, the church is trying to be seeker sensitive. Like the church is trying (laughs) not to like, but these people are paying for you not to be sensitive to them. Like these people are paying for you to tell them you're awful. Mm -hmm. There is, there is only one way but that way doesn't absolve you of any wrongdoing. I just want people to be trekking with me right here. So, for example, this is an article um, from back in July. And this is from the Washington Free Beacon. Um, the title of it is The Wages of Woke. How Robin D'Angelo <laughs> Got Rich Peddling White Fragility. Um, the thing that is astonishing to me about this is that it includes a photo from her Instagram. She has three homes. Okay. This okay. is all the money that she's made wow. off telling white people that (laughs) they are racist and that they will never not be. But the only hope they have is you can't eradicate it. You just have to medicate it, right? Like you can't, (laughs) you can't get rid of it. Okay. You're just going to have this, but the medicine is her speaking wherever you are and lecturing you and you reading her book. So her book is a New York times bestseller. Mm -hmm. Um, She made about $2 million off the royalties of her books. Mm. Right. The sales, the sale of her books. Wow. And she earns about one point six million um, in speaking fees like a year. Wow. OK, she's got she's got three homes. <laughs> she and her husband travel the world. Mm. All right. They travel the world. Thailand, Romania, South Africa. All right. They are living high on the hog. The, by the way, it's privilege. Right. Okay. It is. It is it's privilege. A, man, it's a message of destruction. <laughs> I mean, that they have. Wow. All right. The thing that's funny to me is that Robin D'Angelo is the one who teaches white people about what they don't see about themselves, mm. right? And that they would never see this on their own. So they have to bring her in to to basically whip them. Right. <laughs> that's that's what she does. But she has this Instagram picture that's included in this article that I think is absolutely hilarious. It's her with a group of friends at one of her three homes. Okay. One of her three homes. Mm -hmm. And you know, all the friends there all gathered around this wonderful table, having a great time. They're all white. It's like, (laughs) wait, but isn't this the kind of stuff you preach against? Don't you preach diversity and inclusion? So I'm like, Robin, where are your black friends? I mean, I don't understand why you don't have any black friends, Robin, because you preach a message of inclusion and diversity, but it doesn't apply to, you know, the sanctity of her own home, right? It doesn't apply to her safe space right. where she gets. Now, of course, I'm out of my mind to say this, but people understand I'm saying this tongue in cheek, <laughs> right? You can be friends with whoever you want to be friends with. But when you stand up and tell people that they are racist, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you stand up and you provide for people a remedy, which is reading your book, then you better have all your ducks in a row. Right. And some of the ducks better be darker brown, <laughs> lighter brown, mid-brown. <laughs> Non-binary brown. I mean, some, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like if, if we're really doing this, then you've got to have a consistent message. But let me just say this, though. <laughs> the thing that is most alarming to me about this, you know, you look at the, the 
start with. And of course, it is it's our heartbeat. It's our cry, because I, I think that we cannot ignore where our kids are in this country. But it is that wokeness has reached high school. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's not limited to one high school. Right. right. It's not just that high school. This is something that has become the norm. And again, this is actually the same writer who wrote the article about Robin DiAngelo and mm-hmm. the woke prophets, right? The, the woke preachers. <laughs> false prophets. Um, he writes this. What's that now? Okay, false prophets. Go ahead. Uh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, he, he writes another article, and, and this one is from the end of last month. Uh, American high schools go woke. Mm. And the, the writer here is Charles Fane Lehman. And um, he does an incredible job of kind of laying out how high schools all across this country, not only the elite schools, but I'm looking at even private Christian schools mm. are adopting this type of woke curricula. And and why are they doing this? Because the the industry that is woke chastisement, all right, right, the industry that has been created is something that spreads like gangrene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to, you know, that's kind of graphic, but it yeah. it is something that when you start talking about it, you realize that, oh, you know, our kids do have these, what we once called multicultural assemblies, mm. where you learn about other cultures. That's been replaced with the exaltation of one culture or one ethnic group, right? And the chastisement or belittling of other cultures right. and ethnic groups. Right. And I mean, look, and all of our listeners know which one is at the bottom. Like as far as right. like what you cannot be. Right. Unless unless you're Robin D'Angelo. Mm. Right? I mean, isn't it it's it's amazing to me that there is such a criticism and such a like it is it's bad to be one particular ethnicity or have one particular skin color to say it more superficially, which is how it's really classified, unless you have made your way in wokeness and can be, you know, effectively crowned the right. queen of woke. Yeah, one of the leaders. And put, come on, man. You know, and, 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 and then what you do is you put everybody else in their place and you say, you cannot touch my revenue. And then, and then the people who would want to look at you and say, wait a minute, but you've cornered the market on wokeness. Don't you want to break us off a piece of that and, and maybe share? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Don't you want to share your stage? Man, I'll tell you, as you're talking, it sounds similar to like even a, like a prosperity gospel type thing where you have mm-hmm. the people who <laughs> are the leaders of this thing. You know, they're, you, you see the homes and the money and all the stuff like that, while the people in the pews are nowhere near you know, the, the, the same, uh, as, as, as they are. I, oh man, oh man. And, and unfortunately the parallels kind of could continue because it's always, if you give just a little bit more, Mm. there is the chance that you could get where I am. You know what I mean? And, and where I am, as far as Robin DiAngelo is concerned, is full acceptance that I'm a horrible person Mm. and I'm horrible enough that I get to make money off it. <laughs> right? I mean, that's I'm, yeah. I'm horrible enough. And I've come to terms with how horrible I am. So much so that I never have to rub elbows with you people. All right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll catch you at one of my three homes. <laughs> Man. When I can. 
<laughs> right. When we get back on the other side of the break, and I want to make sure we open the phone lines here for some discussion. But on the other side of the break, I want to quickly kind of go through what Charles Lehman points out when he talks about how American high schools have gone woke. And I want to caution parents, you can't ignore this. The scriptures actually has something to say about how our kids or how all of us learn. All right, we'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Stay right there. America's greatness, industry creation, and we're talking about wokeness as an industry, the teaching of it, the proliferation of it, um, the condemning of people through the ministry of wokeness. And it's one thing for that to just kind of be in the culture. It's one thing for that to be at the collegiate level where I guess, you know, arguably you have people who are young adults and they are now in some ways living independently of their parents, maybe, um, but it's something totally different to um, be making its way into high schools and growing yeah. and spreading and now creating enemies within within households. Well, right? it, it has to. They, they want to normalize and raise up the next generations to, to think like that. And so they get the foothold, you know, within the school system at the youngest age possible. I mean, they're they're succeeding at what they're trying to do, you know. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You know, as I was reading this, I was uh, reminded of the scripture in Luke chapter six, verse 40, where Jesus says, um, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Mm. Everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And this can be something that, you know, I don't know if we in the body of Christ, which we should be the ones who understand it best. I don't know if we fully understand what this means that we would have our kids being be in an environment where they are being trained, they are being discipled. And, you know, it, it should be no surprise to us that when we engage them at home, they disagree with us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it should be no surprise that when we engage them, they don't see the Bible the way you see the Bible. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if I agree with that. I don't know if I see it that way. And why is this happening? Well, because they have been trained mm-hmm. most. They have been trained longest. Yep. They have been trained hardest by these teachers who have views that are antithetical to the gospel. Um, they are in total disagreement with the scriptures. And for the most part, parents are unaware we, we don't know that these things are happening. Let me try to squeeze in a little bit of this article here. Um, I know I'm not going to get to as much as I've, I've wanted to cover, but, and I think our listeners get the point, mm-hmm. but this article again, um, this is from the Washington free beacon, um, American high schools go woke. Right. And the, and, well, to the article I go. All right. <laughs> in July, the leadership of Los Angeles is uh, elite, Harvard Westlake School issued a 20-page confessional about the school's role in perpetuating racism and injustice and promised changes. 
the school, which sends dozens of kids to the Ivy League every year, mm-hmm. will now teach 11th grade U.S. history from a critical race theory perspective. <laughs> and Bad diversity news. consultancies, which routinely charge six figures for their services, will facilitate the school's transformation at every step. Here we go again, wow. hearkening back to the industry that is wokeness, the mm-hmm. industry that is teaching critical race theory and making sure that those who adhere to it abide by its tenets. Because you can't just say you submit. You actually have to walk it out. Mm-hmm. It's a religion. You can't just say you believe. You have to live like you believe. And then you have to submit yourself to the scrutiny of those who would determine that your walk looks like you believe it. And so what are these people? Well, these people are the diversity coaches. Yeah. I mean, these these people would be like the directors of diversity. <laughs> they would work in the office of equity. <laughs> they would be the directors of diversity and inclusion, diversity advisors, mm-hmm. equity counselors. Right. And And these people are the people who make it on the payroll. Because you have to make sure that you are dotting all your I's and crossing all your yeah, T's right. if you're teaching critical race theory. And this is what is being pumped into high schools. This article continues. On the East Coast, the wealthy Fairfax County Public School District uh, shelled out $20,000 for an hour-long speech mm-hmm. from critical race commentator. And we were talking about him early, earlier, Dr. Ibram mm-hmm. X. Kendi. At one school in a district, uh, faculty went further disseminating anti-racist reading lists to parents and organizing students into equity committees. Man. You know, I'm not trying to break in on their industry, but I just want to say um, to some of these schools, Mika will come and talk to your <laughs> kids. If you, if you guys are just like, well, we have this 20,000 in our budget, <laughs> you know, we don't know. And you know, I, I just want to say, uh, and if you need, if you want me to have like an African name, I'll even do that for you. Like if you, if you want, like I can, I can come and I'll do Mika Nixon Bembe and I'll come and do something <laughs> for you. I'll put braids in my hair and I will come and tell all of your kids why they should hate their parents. If that's what, if that's, oh I mean, cause that's what we're, <laughs> Man. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so cavalier about this. It's really serious. Right. It really is. But I hope that parents are investigating. Right. Like, I, I hope that there is a question that is asked of our kids when they make it back home at the end of the day. What did you learn today? Tell me about your classes. Give me the long and the short about each one of your classes. And some of us may say, oh, well, that's, I mean, come on, I'm going to be all night. But isn't it worth it? Because all day they've been gone. <laughs> right. I mean, it's worth it, right? Mm. It's worth it to have the conversation. It may drag on for a little bit. But, but you there's gotta know that, what's going on. You, you gotta have, know. You have to know, and 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 I even talked about this at one point earlier. This uh, this particular East Coast one with Fairfax County, and they were shelling out money like it's, like this story says for him to come in and well, really it was like a a speech that he made. I don't know if they were watching it via a video or whatever, but it was live, and they were making all his books available. Like they put them out in the open reading areas, you know, mm. so you know students can just get in get the books and like it's it's amazing when you when you speak of this industry that's exactly what it is because you know they are making a a a, a vehicle in which to shell out this this wokeness and yes. marxism you know and and they are they're actually creating corporations that um that will dispatch these coaches to you 
Yeah. So so interstage left the rise of the corporations that have just what you need, um, you know, <laughs> for diversity training uh, for your particular school. And so here's something that's interesting in this article. Let me read this. By the way, I open the phone lines up. Um, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can comment on what we're talking about today. America's greatness industry creation. And we're talking about the industry of wokeness. Uh, not only is it big money in this country, um, like back in, in 2003, I read something, this was interesting. Back in 2003, it was estimated that diversity training was like a, oh man, I don't want to overestimate. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it real quick. It was a billion dollar industry. Really? I'll just say that. Uh, but I, I, oh, eight billion, eight really? billion dollars back wow. in 2003. By 2005, 65% of big companies offer diversity training. So wow. it's, it's, it's like the thing, but my focus, although it may not sound like it, my focus is that it has made its way to school. It has made its way to school. So kids, you know, do not have the option, mm. right? This is a part of their curriculum. This is a part of what they have to kind of pass through. And Man. this also reminds mm -hmm. me of the point we make often. Mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. Will you can say something. No, I'm, I'm thinking about it's in the schools and a lot of our, uh, Christian kids are mm -hmm. in the school. So it really highlights the point that we make all the time about discipleship happening in the home. So it, when they're in these environments, they're able to stand, you know, uh, against some of this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and be, you know, again, harken back to, to Daniel and his companions, you Come know, on. they were indoctrinated for three years within the Babylonian system but because they were, you know, already indoctrinated, but with the ways of God, it didn't affect them. So it, it puts a highlight on what we have to do as parents in That's our right. homes and not, you know, just dish it out to the church or a youth group and say, hey, you know, they're going to form our kids. That's not good enough. No, it's not. And, and, and I'll tell you, because there is way more intentionality on the other side. Like, way it's not more. just sort of, oh, oh maybe they'll and get it. It's, resources yeah. and, and like, you know, intentionality, they'll put it before you on television and videos and music. That's right. Any way they can. Look, that's why we often say that if we only focus on what's happening in the political sphere, if we only focus there, we'll continue to lose in the culture because a lot of these people who are in the schools with our kids, a lot of these people who are coming through their earbuds, uh, who are in their hands as they're looking down at screens, these people are not in the political sphere. Mm. They simply have access to your kids. Maybe it's because they are entertainers or they're singers or they're teachers mm. or they're counselors. They have access to your children. I'll say this and then we'll go to the phone lines. These groups that are kind of, dispatching the diversity coaches to mm -hmm. schools and helping to write various curricula. These groups are making sure that they keep themselves in business perpetually. One, one thing here, one particular group that stood out to me in this article is the group, a consultant group, diversity consultant group called the Glasgow group. Um, they launched a guide for independent schools on what to do if they are facing social media accusations of racism. So if you're accused on social media, if your school is accused on social media of racism, now think about who has access to social media. Yeah. Any old body, yeah. just any old body. You understand? This is what they said. Um, there are steps that they can take, which include hiring a diversity professional. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hiring a diversity professional 
on the senior management team with an adequate budget, investing in training for faculty on implicit bias, Mm. (laughs) anti-racism, whiteness, Mm. privilege, and power. And another step is auditing the school's practice policies, programs, and curriculum to uncover any racial inequities, insensitivities, or discriminatory behaviors. Now listen, wow. this and, and, and this is sort of like, <laughs> this is it. And also make sure that you hire the right diversity professional like those at Glasgow Group. Mm. <laughs> those, we, we have the people that you need to hire. Wow. All right, let's go to the phone All lines, right. Will the Great. Who do we have? Let's go to Laurie in Oklahoma. Hi, Laurie. Hi, guys. Um, love you so much, and congratulations on the new little one. Thank I'm excited you. for you. Um, so I recently left my home church that I had been a part of for like 17 years. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, about two years ago, we lost our pastor. Uh, mm. God called him to a new place. A young guy came up, lovely guy. But I started just picking up on some things, and like one of the key words is he stopped calling um, our missions ministry that, and I believe he changed it to social justice or something like that. Stop. So I apologize mm. if I don't have that word properly. Oh. But um, immediately when COVID hit, we followed all the fear mongering. They shut down the church. They stopped having church at church, and they had it online and. You know, there was a couple of older guys in the congregation, brilliant men who were bringing forth through social media facts, not just hype, you know, Mm -hmm. real numbers, crunching numbers, mathematical information, smart guys. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, calm down, Lori, you don't got to be afraid, et cetera, et cetera. But then all the rioting started happening and fast forward, uh, they brought in a guy from our local area. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm from Lawton. And um, the guy's name was Jacoby. I won't say his last name. And he's a hardcore Democrat. They brought him in and gave him the Sunday morning pulpit with the pastor. Yeah. Okay. Now, I was flipping smooth out. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I was like, wait, 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 wait. The Democratic Party, anti-marriage, anti-family, the murder of the unborn, anti-God. They have been out to destroy this nation for how long? They are the party of slavery. You know, Mm. they are the racist. I mean, what? I am not that smart, okay? And I knew this, you know? So I was like, you guys are supposed to be way more intelligent than I am. So I was like, okay, just and so by then they decided they were going, this was after they opened back up. And of course you have to register to go and you have to make reservations. You have to wear a mask, all this nonsense stuff that was just basically fear feeding. Hey, Lori, let and me, yet- I'm sorry to jump in because we're probably going to run out of time here, but I want to, I want to make, I want to drive home a point that I think you made a little bit earlier here, if I might. Um, there are signs, there are telltale signs mm-hmm. that we should be watching for in our churches that are um, they indicate the direction that the leadership in the church is going. Mm-hmm. And and we may do a show True. where we unpack all of those things, because when I this this is going to sound like Robin D'Angelo. But when I did a presentation <laughs> on what to watch for in uh, critical race theory, uh, one of the questions that I got seriously was, what does it look like if our church is turning in that direction? And so in the interest of trying to get one more call in, we'll save that for another show. We'll talk about it. Uh, but I think that what Lori is pointing out. Oh, my goodness. Stop the music. <laughs> hey, stop. I can't stop the music. Man. Now Abe says disrespectful. Listen, it is. I, look, somebody send help. I'm sorry. Man, we had to open so up sorry. the phone lines earlier. Sooner. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe tomorrow, Lord willing, we can open Let's up a that. little bit more. Let's do that. Um, if you were calling, we're gonna we're gonna we'll pick up with this conversation tomorrow. Yeah, because there's there are people holding. They have some good. I think some good comments. So if you want to talk oh, tomorrow, man. please call back, and yeah. we we can continue to talk about this. Man, I gotta keep track of Sorry. the time. No. You know, look, 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 it's been it's been a couple months. All right. <laughs> Got a lot to say. All right. Anyways, we're out of time. So we'll pick up talking a little bit more about this, the the wages of wokeness, right? Industry. Yeah. Uh, but until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. Thank you.